Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Evening, Progressive. Welcome to this evening's No Money Down TV our midweek McDonald, as we started calling it, due to popular demand. So um, this evening, what I'm going to be doing is interviewing one of my students from my Nominee Down training, um, Yvette Mallinson. Yvette has, uh, um, she's here already, so I'll, I'll just add Yvette in. So Yvette is down training. I'm just adding her in with me in a minute. Uh, a couple of years ago, she has been focused on Lots of different stuff, but main focus, because normally downs lots of different tools and techniques, but the main thing she's been focused on is tenant buyers and rental own. So it's a strategy that we teach on normally down. And um, we're going to be talking to you a little bit this evening about different tenant buyers, about rent to own. I know there's a lot of people in the community who are interested in rent to own, interested in tenant buyers. There's a lot of people in the community who probably don't even realize what it is or don't know what it is. And maybe many people, when, when they come on the Nominee Down training, they didn't even realize that tenant buyers is one of the strategies we teach on Nominee Down. It's a creative property investment strategy. Quite, quite often, the Nominee Down concept is misconstrued or are thought about in the wrong way, where it's not, a, um, it's not a just no money. It's very little money. It's none of your own money. It's people getting houses for none of their money, such as tenant buyers. So it's joint ventures. So there's lots of different ways to do deals. And many people come on the nominee down training and then go, oh, I didn't realize you, that you covered tenant buyers. I didn't realize you taught assisted sales. I didn't realize, I thought it was just lease options and rent to rent. I didn't realize it was joint ventures and other people's money and, and vendor finance and all these other tools. So one of the tools is tenant buyers. One of the people that um, has been a shining light of tenant buyers is Yvette Mallinson. So she's with us. How are you, how are you Yvette? Thank you for joining me. And um, good evening. Good evening. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Is there an echo? I can. It is clear, and I feel like we can end it here because I've achieved getting online as per instruction. So you have. I'm going to put these in just to see if I can get if it's clearer. Just hopefully it might be. Um, yeah, that's clear for me. Yeah. Is that better? Cool. So, because um, I forgot these. So, Yvette, uh, just for anyone who's listening who doesn't know you yet, doesn't know much about mm. you, um, can you give us a little bit of, oh, before you do. So, anybody who has any questions, if you want to know anything about tenant buyers, if you want to know anything about rent to own, any of those strategies, if you want to ask Yvette any questions during the night, just put your questions in the comments box. I'll make sure I ask her absolutely everything. We're here till the end. So, whenever that'll be, until we break her. So um, <laughs> I need my wine later on, please. Yes. Let me get to I, my I've, wine. I've got my water. So well, Yvette, I've got so my water for now, so no rosé yet. Yeah. Good stuff. Hi, Kat. So, um, Yvette, uh, for people that don't know you, um, a little bit about your background. So, I guess, what were you doing before you came to Progressive, before you met me? Um, when did you meet me? What was your first impression? I'm kidding. Um, no, when, so, when, so what, where, where were you? What were you doing? And, um, yeah. and why, why property? Okay, so unlike well, a lot of people in the group, I suppose, um, I actually have a corporate background in property. And um, so I worked for about 20 years for a large landlord in North London. Basically, that was my one proper job, if you like, and doing everything from the whole residential gamut from sort of acquiring properties through to renting out properties to managing properties. And then eventually I sort of fell into my niche, which was acquisitions and sales. Um, so that was back in 1998. Um, and yeah, I was brought on as a, a, a young lady who was in her 20s um, to build a portfolio and basically be given a blank checkbook and um, told to go shopping in SE16, where I was building a portfolio for a corporate um, let contract, basically. I had to find about 100 properties. I was given a very strict brief. But it was my job just to build this, this portfolio quickly. So that's how it started. Um, and then by the end, um, just before I left, well, not just before I left, I was um, heading up their sales team, which was we used to have across the portfolio, there were about 5,000 resi port, uh, properties. It was valued at about a billion when I left, which was four years ago. And um, I was responsible for selling them. 
but instructing, managing, not managing agents, estate agents to sell them and, um, and just look after the sales team as we were selling private treaty in auctions. So that's my background. And that's where I met my partner, Chris, as well. He used to um, head up the resi department. And, but so he was doing all of the, the whole, whole caboodle, planning, new build, um, management and everything. Else. So, yeah, I was a small part in it, but um, quite a significant part with quite a big portfolio to manage. But it was great. I have to say it was a brilliant job. Don't get me wrong, but I always knew there was another way. And I always knew I could be and should be doing this for myself. Um, and even though it was a really, I, I mean, I love that job and I'm grateful for the opportunity of it. It was very varied. It took me all over the country. Um, I got to deal with sort of tiny two beds in the northeast. I got to deal with um, selling uh, a new build, um, an iron foundry conversion down in Cornwall, um, courthouse redevelopment in London. This is the sort of what I was involved in. And a lot of people on here will be thinking, why the hell did she need to come to Progressive? She had a great job. She was doing this. That was, I was just going to be one of my next questions. Yeah. So go keep going. Tell us why. I don't know. I think I'm going to go back there now. No. Um, the, the reason is, is I had this, I knew that there were other people out there doing this. You see all of this property training that's being offered and you were being programmed. It's not brainwashing, but you're very much programmed in the corporate environment to think that the little people don't do this. You need institutional backing. You need lots of money to invest in property. And, um, but being as I was, I just thought, no, my, my, I'm, I love my job, but I know there's another way. I need a property portfolio of my own. I had my own property. I had another property that I used to live in as well, but I just thought there's another way. So I started to reach out to the property trainings and going on webinars, reading books, and, you know, everybody back at my old workplace, um, I said, why are you doing that? You know, they should be coming to you for information. But the key is you might have all of the knowledge or not all of it, but a good grasp of the knowledge. But if you're not taking action or your mind isn't in the right place, your mindset's not there to actually take the leap yourself, mm. you'll never move. I and, always say, um, actually, I always say to people that 80% of this is in your head. It's like the top three Absolutely. inches of your brain. So, Absolutely, yeah. So you, you had a lot of property experience, but you, so mm. how many years did you spend working for somebody else? Uh, 20, yeah. So you spent 20 years building somebody else's dream. Making millions for the millionaire's children. Okay, but here's a, here's a more yeah. positive question. How long have you been building your own now? Um, well, I, I left that position four years ago, and there was a lot of, there was no immediate rush to jump into anything. That's why I needed Progressive, um, because the time to start is now, or yesterday. Um, so I spent a lot of time just um, going to training, looked in webinars. So my first property in this new format was bought in July 17. Right. When did we meet? April 18. April 18. Started before you met me. Mm -hmm. yeah, and this With my own money. With my yeah. own money. This is one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on tonight because a lot of people come to Progressive and start in property mm -hmm. because they, um, they don't have any idea what to do. They've got no property, no experience, and they're looking to learn. Um, when I came to Progressive in 2013, I was in property 10 years. And mm -hmm. I came because I realized trying to do it alone was a challenge. <sighs> so... Um, you had been in the business for 20 plus years. You had been um, started on your own in 2017. So what, what made you, so how many deals had you done before you came, well, how many deals? Like what were the type of deals were you doing and what were you doing and what was your biggest challenges before you came to Progressive? Okay, so the biggest challenge is confidence in taking action. I knew how to do everything, I mean, without being big-headed. I know the steps, but I'm a little bit too long in the tooth to trust the likes of um, property trainers who just say, will you just get on and do it? I always had a, well, you know, we didn't do it quite like that, or we didn't do this at, when I was working at the property company. Um, so, yeah, I, by the time I met you, I had, I think it was three that I'd agreed um, of my own. But and you probably say, why did I get into tenant buyers? Well, I, I knew enough to know that my, um, my own money wouldn't go very far if I actually invested down here in the South. Um, and I was doing it for cash flow. I needed to replace my income. Um, when I made that leap of faith, Chris, my partner had already made his leap of faith um, back in um, the November before the May I left. And um, so my, I was really key focused. I just wanted to replace that salary. 
and um, and I wanted an easy cash flow as well. And I'd heard about um, tenant buyers. There's a lot of it goes on in the states um, um, where it's you know more recognised, yeah. I suppose. But um, and I knew that there are a handful of people doing it here. Um, and but you don't really read much about it. You don't hear about mm. it. I'm surprised when you have these conversations with people it's, that they say, wow, is that a it, thing? It's phenomenal because like I've been banging on about tenant buyers since 2017 and rent to own because mm. God, the government have tried to help to buy scheme, which is a disaster. They've tried a shared ownership, which is an even bigger disaster. And mm. help tenant buyers is, is a phenomenal strategy. Anyone who's listening yeah. in not knowing what rent to own is or a tenant buyer is, in, you, instead of having a tenant in a property, you have a tenant buyer. They take mm. over the property. They pay you a guaranteed rent every month. With um, They pay an upfront option consideration to go in initially. Then they pay rent every month plus a top-up. And the top-up is deducted from their purchase price plus mm. the upfront option consideration is deducted from the purchase price. But their purchase price is agreed up front. Huge benefit for a tenant buyer, but also huge benefit for you as an investor because... Mm. The tenant buyer from day one takes over all maintenance. There's no need necessarily for a letting agent to manage a tenant buyer because they're going to be a homeowner. You've got a homeowner rather than a mm. tenant. Different type mm. of mentality. Uh, you can make single let property work in pretty much any town in the country with a tenant buyer strategy. So mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal strategy. And also things like if you think about HMOs, and I've got a lot of HMOs and I teach rent to rent. But one of the problems with HMOs is the councils look at a HMO and go, we, we, you know, we want to put in Article 4, there's enough HMOs here. Mm. The neighbours don't like HMOs with lots of people living next door. So then you think, okay, well, I'll do SA because I won't get in as much trouble. Then you do SA, the neighbours don't like SA, the councils don't like SA, the hotels don't like SA. The thing about tenant buyers is everyone loves rent to own. The councils love rent to own because you're give, giving people the chance to get on the property market. The government mm. love rent to own because you're giving people a chance to get in the property market. The neighbors love rent to own because they've got a homeowner next door rather than a tenant. Mm. And the tenants love rent to own because they've got the chance to own the house. So it's, it's almost a strategy that solves all of the problems in society around the perception of a landlord. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so tell, tell us a little bit about a couple of, so you came to my nominee down training 2018. Yeah. Right? You had started beforehand. So I'm going to ask you about a couple of deals as well that you've done, but yeah. why did you, if you had started before you came to my training, you already knew about tenant buyers and you had an idea what you were doing. Why did you, why did you come to, nom, to the nominee down course to learn more? Or what, what, what was your reason? Um, well, I was at Misopi. So it's April 18 was the multiple streams that I came to up in Peterborough. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, I love those sort of events anyway, because when you're a solopreneur, or even though I work with Chris, it, you need like uh, to get close to the fire. You need that energy and you need that reinforcement of um, certainly the trainers on stage that have been there and trod the path and genuinely have trodden the path as well in the case of progressive. Um, and I, I, I came to be inspired to make sure I wasn't missing a trick, but also um, you, I was just reading quite a bit about your no money down at the time, but I was quite blown away from it by, by when I actually watched you because I thought, I can actually do this without my own money. And of course, we're all brought up to think we, you know, you can use it with your own money or, or borrow your auntie's money or whatever, but can you really do this without anybody else's money? And I wasn't convinced at the time and I just thought, oh, I'll just keep going how I am. But as you always say, Kevin, you'll, you'll end up running out and then you just stop. And, um, and if you've got a good concept, the way I look at it now is uh, it's almost like my moral duty to keep going, um, mm. and which I can't do with, you know, once your money's invested elsewhere, and, and to just keep redeploying it because it's such a win-win, not just for um, the tenants. It's, it goes without saying. It's a, a win for the tenants. Um, and I'll talk about some of those um, tenants in a minute, but... It's, it was a win for me. The reason I did it, first of all, because I live down in Surrey. Um, it's a five-hour drive to my investment area where the yields were right, where the numbers worked for me for a, a single-let, buy-to-let portfolio. And I just thought, there has to be a better way because one thing about managing agents, and there are really good managing agents out there, um, but you have to always stay on top of managing your managing agents. So I knew that uh, I just wanted to get somebody in there and really – keep in contact with them but not have this regular um something's gone wrong or the rent didn't get paid or because if that's going to happen which it doesn't tend to happen with tenant buyers 
I might as well do it myself. Um, so I didn't see much um, advantage of paying um, a managing agent anyway. But I just wanted a tenant that wasn't going to give me problems, that was going to have this homeowner mentality. And really, um, i just take my rent. It was quite a pragmatic um, driver for me. But so that, that was selfishly for me, or that, no, not a pragmatically um but more than that it's what's quite surprising thing was the investors i work with now mainly angel investors jv partners as well um because i like to take control i like to be in complete control got a control problem but um they love the concept i mean you can put your money anywhere can't you and um, get a return but they love the concept that a i'm doing it myself believe in it wholeheartedly um but it's helping somebody else yeah. And it, it honestly, it's just and incredible. Also yeah. for an investor, when you're looking for angel investors and JV partners to do, um, even if it's just money loans or an actual JV, the one thing you've got is a, a secured exit. They know mm. the, what they have to put in. They know exactly what the profit's going to be and they know exactly when they're getting out of the contract. So That's everything's right. secure because the tenant buyer moves in on day one and they'll sign mm. maybe a five-year option to buy. So you know that you can pay the, you know what your sale price will be in five years. Mm. You know what the, um, the profit's going to be in five years based on what you've met on the rental income and what your, your, um, your difference between your agreed purchase price and what you sell it for. So you've got two mm. places where you make money on a tenant buyer mm. deal. So it's a powerful, powerful strategy to do with JV partners, with mm. other people. Um, so tell us a little bit about a couple of your tenant buyer deals. Mm. So just pick one or two. What type of deals have you done? Where I think are I'll they? I'll do two, yeah. So the, I'll do the first one because um, that one was the one that really sort of cemented it for me. So I, I was out there sort of getting direct-to-vendor, sourcing properties, and um, but I didn't want to commit to buying a property up in the northeast. Um, I'm around the Sunderland area. Um, I, I didn't want to commit to that until I knew the demand, demand was there for the property and that I'd have a tenant. So, so um, that, can, go on. can I stop you for a minute? So you said mm. you're, in, you're in the southeast. And, mm. now you've just, and we'll get to the deals in a minute. And now you're up in Sunderland. Yeah. So um, a lot of people, and I, I tell people as well, you should invest in your local area. Mm. It works in your local area. It's easier to manage and to find tenants, to know the area, all that sort of stuff. So... I already know the answer to this, but why Sunderland and why is it not difficult? Uh, and how is it easier to do tenant buyer in Sunderland than it would be to do oh, even, okay. even single let management of a tenant within five minutes of your own house? Mm, right. All of the work with a tenant buyer is in the setup. Um, it is finding the tenant buyer, finding the property, getting the paperwork sorted. Uh, well, there's a bit more involved in between that, but in essence... Um, and then once you've handed the keys over to them, you're off. Um, and that's it. You've just got to remember your gas safety certificate. Now you're electric, you know, and that's it. Then the, after that, I do go and see my tenants every year. <laughs> um, I've just done a trip a couple of weeks ago. Um, but it really isn't a me coming on, knocking on the door and then saying, oh, what's going on here? What are you doing here? It is me going, what? have you done this is amazing and it's just it's a lovely shared experience because they're proud to show off what they've done they're also a bit nervous that the landlord's coming around but it's their home and and i just i'm really bowled over by what it means to them and mm. what and yeah just the opportunity and they've had I, I can't believe it's me that's provided it and yet i was only doing it to invest um to replace my income you know it's, it's a key thing here is you can do tenant buyer absolutely anywhere because they are the homeowner the minute they move in. So there's no maintenance, mm. there's no management cost, there's no ringing you up saying I need a plumber because there's a leaky tap. It's their leaky tap because they've got a contract to buy yeah. from day one. So it mm -hmm. makes it a completely hands-free strategy. Now you just touched on something else and we'll go into the deals in a minute, but you've dropped mm. a few questions in my head. Mm. You said <laughs> that you go to the property and it's not, I want to have an inspection. It's wow, what have you done here? Because mm. the thing for anyone listening with a tenant buyer strategy is the tenant buyers have the contract to buy the property. They've agreed the purchase price, which means that while they're in the property, they actually improve it. I've had tenant buyers mm. put in new windows, put in new kitchens, new bathrooms. They paint, decorate, they change the flooring. They improve mm. the property. So um, what sort of things, unless you want to include them in the two deals, um, what sort of things have your tenant buyers done 
in your properties to improve them. But before you take the question, everyone watching, if anybody has any questions for Yvette, if anybody has any questions about rent or tenant buyers, then drop them in the comments box. We'll take the questions. Hope you're enjoying this. If you're enjoying this, by the way, can we give a hashtag loving it? Just go hashtag loving it in the comments box and give some love to Yvette because this is really awesome content, guys. Mm. And we don't often hear much about tenant buyer in the progressive community. Mm. And that's partially my fault because I don't share it enough because I've got so many different strategies that I do. Mm. But tenant buyer is one of the critical strategies that we teach on the No Money Down Training at Progressive. Um, but anything around tonight, all about tenant buyers. So, Yvette, what sort of things have your tenant buyers done to improve the property that you still own, by the way, until they buy it? And mm. then tell us a little bit about your two deals. So um, it, it ranges from carpets and decoration, uh, which alone it cosmetically improves the property straight away, um, uh, all the way up to a loft extension. Really, it doesn't, I mean, it's in between, anything in between that. But the loft extension one is the one I'm very excited about. That uh, is really good. Now, I have to I, on say the train, on the normally down training, on the normally down training, I showed you um, text messages and pictures of, a pro of different properties, and one of them was where they had asked to put in a loft conversion, if you remember. Oh, you've it. done it first. Right, okay. yeah. So, but do, you, do, you, do you remember the one as well where I showed you a conservatory at the back of a house? Mm. Now, be honest. When you see a conservatory at the back of a property in a picture and it's, you're told that the tenant buyer has paid for this, not the landlord, what would be your initial thought? It'd be a lean-to or something. Um, or yeah, a bit of yeah. a, he's built it himself. Or, yeah. you know. or, or the loft conversion is like, well, they don't really do an actual loft conversion, do they? So you better put a ladder up, act, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. a ladder and like some timbers. Is it an yeah. actual loft conversion that they are paying for? It is an actual loft conversion um, where planning, you didn't need planning, but the planning authorities have consented to that because in order to, even though they can do what they want to the property in the agreement, which I knew she was planning to do this, you, you stipulate that anything you do that's structural or involves building regs or planning, you consent with us, you get consent with us mm. first. Um, because everybody wants it done properly because at the end of the day, they're going to be buying most of the time with a mortgage, so they need to have the correct documentation in place. So I suppose because of my experience as well, I can sort of handhold them through that a little bit to say, you must make sure of this and that, mm. this paperwork. And, and so, but it's not sort of like a policeman doing it for them. It's, a, it's almost like free consultancy as well. Um, but uh, so... This is a proper loft conversion with a bedroom, um, a, a small cloakroom. Uh, well, no, one bedroom um, with a dormer window at the back, a small cloakroom, and um, a sort of, well, it's going to be baby's room with the Velux windows in, but it's, it's quite small, so like a box room, if you like. But cool. it's converted a two-bedroom mid-terrace um, to a, well, three-and-a-half bedroom, two-bathroom two property. And how much of your money was put into that loft conversion? None. None. No money down. No money no. into a loft conversion. Loft conversion paid for by the tenant buyer. Mm. I have never had a tenant pay for a loft conversion. I have had a tenant buyer pay for one. Um, I've had tenant buyers pay for various different things. Uh, anything and everything in properties they'll pay for because it's, mm. they see it as their home. But Yvette, you mentioned the two, two properties. I've, I've gone off on tangents for ages. Yeah. Tell us a lot of tangents. The, hmm. Tell us about the two properties. Um, one first, I guess what I'd like to know is uh, uh, what you paid, not really, well, yeah, what you paid for it, um, how you sourced it, how you funded it, how you found mm -hmm. the tenant buyer maybe, and what your profit is. Okay. So the first one was the one that when I um, was looking to start on my portfolio, so I, I posted a property that somebody else owned actually um, that they were trying to sell, and I thought, well, I'll buy that if I can put a tenant buyer into it. Lovely two-bedroom modern house. Um, it yielded probably about 7%. You don't get, these properties are family properties in good areas. So you're not going to get the sort of 14% yields on these properties. You could, but I tend to stick a bit safe. So I know Invest. that. There's a lot of people listening from about 75% of this country going 14% yield on a single let. She's talking about up in like- Up north. Sun up in yeah. Sunderland, where you yeah. can pick a house up for 56 pence. I'm joking yeah. for anyone from Sunderland. That's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah. Right. Carry on. No, no, quite right. Yeah, well, there you are. Um, they give them away there, don't they? They do. <laughs> they do. Christmas um, 
uh, buy one, get one free. Um, yeah, so I posted this property to start with, and I had quite a bit of rent to buy or tenant buyer interest because you will always have demand. You have to really filter through those um, that demand. So I, I posted that on Gumtree um, because to me, that you, you obviously can't post it on Rightmove because I'm, I'm not an agent in my own right. And um, I had several people apply. And one chap apply, and he said to me, yeah, I know what you're offering. I know what you're doing. He says, but that's not the house I want you to um, buy for me. And I went, I don't think you've understood. This is the house I've got. And, um, and, and he said, but surely you can do this elsewhere. And at the time, I was just thinking, look, I just want to build my portfolio and um, let me do it my way. And I was quite resistant. This is a key. If a tenant buyer starts stalking you and hounding you and saying, are, are you sure? You know, we spoke about this. It shows they are deeply motivated mm. and they have a goal and they found somebody that could potentially help them with that goal. So this particular gentleman, he said, I don't want that property, he says, but I'll show you the one around the corner that I do want. And it was going to auction. And, um, and I looked at it. And so the one I was um, looking at, the price point would have been for him to buy at about 95000 um, the one that we eventually put him into, the price point um, for him to buy as of um, in, in the future, 155. Um, so I, he was asking me to buy this thing for oh, 135, 140. And I was saying, oh gosh, this is my first one. I can't, I can't do this. And, but then I kept crunching the numbers and then I thought, well, what's to lose? I'm going to go back to him and say, this is how this could work for me. And, um, and based on his affordability, I knew what he was paying in rent around the corner. I knew his circumstances. I um, knew why he wasn't in a position to buy at the moment, which is really a key factor. And um, the figures, uh, then read the figures, put it to him. And he said, yeah, that's fine. Um, he says, the, the opportunity, um, that's fine. So the figures were this. So I actually bought it. It was um, the vendor wanted 138 or something, but I did a pre-auction offer and I managed to get it for 130. Um, it was, it's an unusual property. It's not a property you would choose to put in your portfolio necessarily. Um, old miners' um, uh, cottages or bungalows that had been put together um, on a, a little old estate in this mining community no mine shafts underneath, mind you. And they turned it into a four-bedroom bungalow, sort of end terrace bungalow. But absolutely suited his circumstances because um, his wife, um, really, for health issues, needed to be on the ground floor. Um, and also, so that was the type of property they wanted was for to manage the health issues. But location-wise, it was literally two roads away from their family, like a grown-up child, um, it was just perfect for them. So it was the property they wanted. So you've got um, no maintenance costs with that. No. No, no refurb costs. No, no. no management fees. No. How much is your sort of monthly profit and then what's your overall profit? When it, well, how long is the option to buy? So what, how many years have you given them mm. as an option to buy? Right, then, so this was, yeah, two, um, 2017 and due to buy this August. And I'll come back to that as well because this is a, a good learning curve. It's not a bad news story at all. It's a just... Mm shows the ability how you flex and move with these things and respond yeah. when curveballs come. Like um, a pandemic. Yeah, like a pandemic that affects yeah. a self-employed person's income. Um, that's the case in, in this situation. But So I bought it for 130 It's a three-year deal. The rent on that is £700. Um, I net about 450 after my mortgage and my um, gas safety certificate and my insurance. Um, and the agreement was that he would buy it for 155000 in three years' time. And, I, and he paid me £5,000 uh, option payment to secure the right to buy it at 155000 right. So you're making, no about, top up. you're making about £30,000. Um, oh my goodness! I, I can quickly check. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, well, I, I, I double my money. I, I yeah. actually work, I put my own money into that one, and so I put in um, about forty grand on it. Um, oh, so you're going to make forty? You're making forty k. Yeah. So my upfront fee was five grand. Um, my cash flow over three years was fifteen grand, and then the uplift was um, fourteen grand at the end. So 30, total profit. Yeah, it's about well, it's about thirty grand, but that's the um, returns. About twenty four percent a year overall return on investment. If you'd like twenty four percent return on investment over three years with a guaranteed exit, 
no voids, no maintenance, no hassle, right? Give us a hashtag tenant buyers in the comments box right now. Hashtag tenant buyers in the comments box right now. If you're loving the tenant buyer strategy, you should be. Um, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal strategy, guys. I've been banging on about it for three bloody years. Nobody, not many people are doing it. And this is the great thing about this strategy is not many people are doing it. So you got to get on board. You got to do it. Only the people who've learned it in the Nomini Down training within the progressive community. A few mm -hmm. hundred people that went through the Nomini Down training so far have learned the tenant buyer strategy. You got to get on this, guys. It's going to be mm -hmm. the next big thing. It is a huge, mm -hmm. huge opportunity. But Yvette, so that was one of the deals. What about mm -hmm. the other? Well, I might have to tell you about two, uh, two other deals, though, because my best deal, um, let me tell you about the loft extension lady. So, um, again, somebody who hounded me down, I'd posted a property, one of my other properties um, for tenant buyers, and she said, yeah, no, I love the concept, explain it to me, and so on. I don't want that property. And this is what happens generally with a tenant buyer. So that's an interesting concept, and I've sort of flexed my business model to allow for that. Um, so her circumstances, um, and this is a real life changer, um, she was a new baby, new babyhood. Um, she'd been talking to me for about six months before this. And then by the time she rang me up and said, well, I've got to do something now. Time is now. So she just had her, a little boy. Um, she'd already had other children anyway. Um, but um, she was a carer. Um, that's her circumstances. And the reason she couldn't purchase now is because she was um, basically working around children, self-employed. So the income wasn't there to get a mortgage. Um, but the, the critical point that changing her circumstances was that her father had just passed away. I think it was the day before the baby was born or the day after. It was um, tragic. And it's one of those phone calls that I have where I, uh, well, empathy is a lot to do with the tenant buyer process. And you're there thinking, how can we make this better? Because this situation is so desperately sad. So she wanted to be back in the town where her mother um, was, so to support mother, and so mother could support her with the new baby. Um, and she'd found a couple of properties. Now, the key thing here is the tenant buyers are finding the properties. So all you have to then do is appraise them. Um, and um, and we did the figures. This one is absolutely no money down for me. So I used angel finance for this one. Um, so I can't really tell you what my return on investment is because it's infinite. Um, but I can tell you what the cash flows that's, are. Well, that, that's your return on investment, isn't yeah. it? But what, yeah, what's the profit? What's your profit from the deal? Yeah. So this one is not too much. So I, I, for her, I bought it. I mean, got enough to a flipping bidding war as well. So the, we bought it at market price um, at 65000 um, But it... Emotion got the best of the buyer and myself, and we were very determined because this was her house. She absolutely needed it. So uh, the figure still worked, but what I did with her just um, we we looked at basically she's buying it for eighty three thousand, and that was a three year contract. So not a huge uplift there, but bearing in mind I'd not put any of my money in, and she also gave me nine thousand pounds up front um, as. Uh, to secure the right to buy it. On that particular one, none of my own money in. Um, yeah, and Angel financed all the way. So the cash flow on that, and I'm switching the Angel out now to our SAS pension, which is another, another yeah. thing now. So yeah, yeah, I was paying 8% to my Angel on that, which is quite high, but uh, honestly, it's life changing as well, and she knows where it's going to. So I was only net. It's 500, um, 100 pound a month. Okay. Yeah. But once I'd set it up and I was sat on the 9,000 pound to start with, don't forget that. So I'd had my capital uplift mm. or good proportion up front. And it, it's just merrily going on its way. And, um, and my so you're going to make increase. how many years? How many, how many years of the deal? Three years or, um, so, or five years. Yeah. So around 30, 30, no, it's, yeah. So it's 100 pounds a month. So, at the moment, so over three yeah. years, she's buying at 83000 in three years. Oh, I haven't you got paid, the figures for that one here. Well, you paid, I paid you 65. Paid, you paid 65. She's buying at mm. 83. So that's 17 mm. grand. Yeah. And 100 a month profit for three years is 3600 yeah. So you're looking at around mm. a 20 grand profit. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, that's a typical tenant buyer deal. Mm. I always say to people on the nominee down training, don't be greedy. Don't be looking to make all your money on one deal. It's about little bits of money on lots mm. of deals. And typically when I do tenant buyer deals, I'm looking for a 20.
the sort of target. 20 grand profit, no maintenance, no voids, no hassle. Some of them you can get a lot more than 20, but 20 is sort of the minimum sort of profit you want to achieve. So mm -hmm. similar, similar if you're doing a buy to flip, you'd want 20 grand profit. So mm -hmm. on a tenant buyer deal, minimum is 20 grand profit. And then mm -hmm. anything above that. So that's a, that's a decent sort of good deal. Kat, Kat's asked a question because we, mm -hmm. we skipped off that. So going back, the first deal, the tenant buyer is self-employed. He was about to buy the house in August. Obviously, can't buy the house in August mm. now. Because, I, I'm presuming from what you've said, he can't. So uh, what's happened to his circumstances and what have you done to solve the problem? Yeah. And how powerful Yeah, so it's, um, the whole idea is that I bought it so that he was going to buy it anyway. So we always set out that that would be the outcome anyway. Um, now, I know that in your experience, actually exercising their option mm. is not 100%. Um, so this was my first test one. Um, now, I tied in my mortgage for the three years that he was already, um, uh, the option was for. Well, it's an exchange and delay completion, that one was. Um, and so basically COVID hit, um, but he did start communicating with me as soon as COVID hit. Pay the rent. He was still paying the rent. Absolutely no problem. But his um, his business was affected and would be affected as well. Um, so he was just saying that cards on the table. I'm not going to be in a position to do this as planned when we want to. Do I still want to buy the property? Absolutely. I've invested mm. into it. Do I still want to be here? Absolutely. Do I want to be turfing my family out and moving on somewhere else? God, no. Um, so, uh, so I said, well, no, that, that, that's not a problem. But there are certain factors that we ne now need mm -hmm. to deal with. There's some admin to be done. Um, now, the first admin um, is that when you, if you're buying a tenant buyer deal, you always um, take your mortgage for the period of the minimum period of that tenant buyer deal because you cannot refinance during that period because there's yeah. something there's a restriction that goes on the property that shows that that tenant buyer has the right to buy the property and lenders don't like that mm. so it's fine when you're buying it um, because it gets put on after you've actually yeah. purchased and the, the lenders i mean they get paid their mortgage gets paid they're not worried if, well, if their mortgage gets paid so it's all all above board but if you're going to go and refinance with a restriction on the title that's tricky so um that was the first bit of admin to do so all we've done on that and I'm glad for the opportunity, actually, because I've heard others talking about this. This helps me with my business model going forward. Yeah. Um, to, we need to get that um, restriction lifted. But also in this particular case, he, is, um, he had exchanged. Now, officially speaking, if he complete um, as planned, then I have the powers as the owner to um, serve a notice to complete. And then, oh, it sounds awful. You've incurred um, by him not actually going through with purchase and of course he then has to leave as well now that's not a very friendly way to deal with um <laughs> this situation no. so um i suggested i spoke to my to come up with a simple simple rescission agreement which is basically where he rescinds the um, contract the sale contract that's in place and the restriction on the title gets removed by way of an rx4 and registry just so i'm getting a bit technical so he signed and uh, has just returned that to the lawyers today. And um, I am refinancing this one. And the lenders are fully aware of the restriction on the title. Um, but they've said, get this removed and we will refinance. Yeah. So we will. So what I'm doing okay. now, um, what, the balls that, are... That was yeah. the, the, the main bit I want to know about is mm. what's the plan for him going forward? Because you've got into real technical stuff there, which is obviously yeah, sorry. Uh, mm. helpful. But the... the the plan for him to so he stay on so he'll stay on so am i increasing the rent not officially uh, uh, because he still wants to buy by virtue of me refinancing now mortgage rates are so much cheaper it valued up the property valued up so i've got some success stories for refinancing in this lockdown period mm. um so I, the cost of refinance, you have to pay a product fee, you have to pay broker's fees, I've got to pay the lawyer's fees for the rescission contract uh, uh, agreement. So I lumped all that together. Bearing in mind I'm not paying all of those fees up front mm. because product fee gets put onto the mortgage. Yeah. I just lumped it together and I said, well, we've got a bit of an issue here. These are the costs to me for you not doing what you said you were going to do. And he goes, fair point. 
uh, I don't have cost. that figure now. Yeah, he says, I don't have that figure now. I will pay it. I, so I said, well, we can do this several different ways. I can put the rent up now and collect it through the rent, or you can pay me up front now, or we can add it on to the end price. But what we agreed and uh, is that I'd put the rent up from 700 to 775 which covers it over the next two years. He says he's going to be in a position to buy within one year. I've learned that lesson. Always go for a contingency. Yeah. Um, so say two years and we spread it over that. Um, but if he does buy sooner, then he'd pay the balance then. And this, this is a key point, guys, about tenant mm. buyers is um, the tenant buyers are, are they're getting an opportunity to buy a home. But I've had some tenant buyers where they, in the past, I've had one that lost a job. Actually, not during the mm. COVID-19 because tenant buyers tend to pay when tenants don't because they don't want to lose their right to buy. It's another security. But I've had a tenant buyer in the past that had lost a job. They couldn't afford their top-ups. They could still pay the rent, but because they had savings and stuff, and they also were getting some. Um, they, one of the one of the, the two in the house were working. The, the partner wasn't, and the partner went on on uh, council like uh, universal credit or whatever until they got to the point where they got another job or whatever whatever benefit they got. But one of them working, one of them lost a job. They couldn't afford the rent and the top-up. So we agreed that they'd, we'd freeze the top-up payments, which is coming off their purchase price. We'd freeze the purchase contract. They'd just continue to pay the rent. And when they wanted to buy the house again, when they were back on their, st on their stable footing financially, then we would restart the top-up payments, but we would renegotiate the new purchase price. So you can put it at a higher price because it's going to be a further point into mm. the future, taking inflation into account. So... Um, Really, really powerful strategy to make sure that if there is some costs incurred, like because um, Yvette, Yvette went into some stuff there about refinance costs and all these costs, and it sounds like, oh, my God, there's loads of costs. But the person paying the costs is the tenant buyer. When you're a landlord, the person paying the costs are you when you got a tenant. Mm. It's a phenomenally powerful strategy. But mm. Yvette, um, we've had a few questions coming in from people. I've got mm. a few more questions for you as well. So, um, so obviously you talked about when you came across progressive what about the so you now um you're one of my mentors on my nominee down so obviously i've got i run the, i do the nominee down training at progressive um which we cover tenant buyers in but i also run a mastermind program which is a monthly mentorship program yvette um having seen what she was doing i took her on as one of my mentors she helps people out uh, on that mastermind program which is on hold at the moment because of covid mm. but we're hoping to we're hoping to get back on up and running before the end of the year because we're all missing everything but um so Yvette, what I guess my question is, uh, how has that helped you, um, not just in terms of the training, but also being a mentor, how has it helped you? And what's it like working with mm -hmm. the crazy Irish guy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, coming back to the... Uh, it, it, right, it's a game changer, simply maybe, because I... Maybe don't answer the bit about the Irish I, I'm guy. I'm not. I, I parked that okay. question. I'll come back <laughs> to that another day. Um, no, it's... Um, okay, so being a mentee, originally... It's that accountability. It's the somebody to just keep giving you a kick. I, I liked in the old days, pre-COVID, coming up to progressive PPHQ once a month because it was like still feeling part of this corporate environment I was used to. And, um, and you network with like-minded people. You come away and, I don't know, it's just like some sort of an energy that you, you go home and you're buzzing. And that lasts um, probably, and I'm going to be honest here, hmm, a week. <laughs> and and then what happens is you start to go mm, not sure not sure and life gets in the way and then you come back up again because all of a sudden you know you've got to be back at pphq progressive um, property headquarters and if you don't have something to show for what you've agreed at your last coaching session then you've only got yourself to blame that's gonna be deeply embarrassing so you have this two-week hiatus in the middle where you're doing things, but you're, you're a bit distracted. And then there's a week full on going through your actions. What was I supposed to do? Let's get on with it. And then you come back and then you get set new actions. And it's just that tapping in the momentum and the encouragement you get. Um, and that's as a mentee. Um, it, it just, it's amazing. And you get to share as well. You get to help other mentees as a mentee because the mentors they know how to find the answers on everything but they their particular niches are not necessarily what your niche will be but you share mm. around the table and you share with the other mentors and it, the power uh, of a community uh, the no money down community is is incredible um for that so that's as a mentee as a mentor all of the above um but i get the oh, it's just it's rewarding to see people turning up on your table and um, 
some are quite nervous and you can identify with the fact that you've been there already. But when you can just give people a little bit of confidence or reassurance they're on the right track, or even if somebody really is on the right track and say, well, <laughs> as you once said, what else are you going to do? I mean, and I, I, I was really impressed with this chap and he'd done really, really well. And you just went, and, didn't you? Do you remember that? Well, that's expected. You're expected to do well. <laughs> exactly. But then equally, don't be scared because you will be supported and help to find the blocks which are stopping you um, making the progress that you should, should absolutely be making because if you just do what you're told, you will see results. And, and that's the beauty of coming back monthly. It reminds you just to get on and do what you're told to do. Um, and um, you just plug back in. So, yeah, it's lovely. And it's just amazing to see other people's journeys and other people taking action. I find watching other people taking action truly inspiring because mm. you think, and you also get a bit competitive as well because other people around the table are thinking, hang on, how many viewings did you do last week? Well, I, I did three. And at the beginning, that's the first person we say, well done. And by the end of it, somebody's saying, oh, I did 17 just yesterday before I came up here. Somebody and, converted Wembley. Somebody converted Wembley in flats. Mm -hmm. I'm kidding. What? <laughs> it was a. Um, are you missing it? Are you missing it with lockdown? Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And okay. So a little bit of heart on sleeve here. So lockdown for us. We came up in March, didn't we? Yeah. Um, we just got that last um, session in, and then that was it. The world changed forever. And I must admit, because this is what happens to me. I went to ground and Kevin, you know me, you have to pull me out of the sort of the backwater to put my head above the parapet. Like you did when you put me on stage at the PPN Sheffield. I had no choice and you just did it and I didn't die. It was all okay and I enjoyed it. So yeah, so I went to ground in lockdown a bit. I wasn't being quiet. I was working on myself. I, I wasn't posting anything. I was working on trying to get some sort of structure in this weird time because we had four children. We were homeschooling. So I was working on getting myself up earlier in the mornings and just getting more organized, um, but also working Ka on some different business concepts. And Kat, Kat, Kat Hipsy has just said, I miss you guys. We miss you too. Uh, we miss yeah. you too. It's, and so, that's used in your cohort when you come up to No Money Down. And Kat was in my cohort. It's just those familiar faces and you just inspire each other, support each other. You share, share the stories and it, it is phenomenal, the support. You, you can do this on your own. It's and our people little do mafia. do this on their own. Yeah. It's our little progressive yeah. mafia. Um, how has, yeah. how has, obviously COVID stopped us from meeting up, COVID stopped us from running mm -hmm. the mastermind and stuff. How else has it affected your business? So has it affected okay. your business? Yep. So I've got um, um, would-be tenant buyers, so no contract signed with them. Um, they're struggling to pay the rent. Um, but the reason they are not tenant buyers is I knew they weren't ready for that contract in the first place. So I always... Um, if I get somebody like that, do a sort of try before you rent to buy. See how you perform as a normal tenant um, and how you cope, whether you like the property or not. And, um, and then if so, then let's talk about putting down the payment to secure the right to buy. So um, a young couple and sadly lost their job and they're, they're struggling. So, but that's not a proper tenant buyer. All of my tenant buyers are paying on time every month um there's one tenant buyer who has she pays 950 rent and she's reduced it just for two months to 700 but that's by communication um you know communication is key um she doesn't want to lose her opportunity um she knows she's at risk of losing her opportunity to buy but she's got a plan and that's yeah. the beauty all tenant buyers generally have a plan and i love working with people who have a plan you Marcus Chapman is sending you, Marcus Chapman sending you some love too, guys. Ah, if you're enjoying Marcus. the content, guys, if you're enjoying the content, if you're liking this, can we go hashtag We Love Yvette or just hashtag Yvette, whatever it may be. Just give her some love. Just give her some love on the love button. Just give Yvette some love because this has been awesome. It's been really, I think it's been number one inspiring, but also really knowledgeable for people as well. Um, mm. And it is a powerful strategy that not many people realize that number one is that they can do. Number two is that actually we teach within the No Money Down training and that you, it's something you, you should have in your toolbox of tools, guys, mm. because it is phenomenal. But um, so... What's next? What's next in the business event? What's coming next for you? What's the, the, yeah. the, the future plan? 
Okay, so I've started to um, sort of refine the model. That's a lot of what I've been doing um, is thinking, how could this work better? Um, probably personally, I don't want to be somebody that suddenly sets up this massive tenant buyer agency. Um, I like working in a bespoke fashion with tenant buyers, with investors, with landlords to find then tenant buyers. Yeah, so I, the model is I happen to now have bought for myself um, and or with JV partners, um, but I've also found tenant buyers for other landlords and investors. Mm. Um, and it, I suppose I'm, I'm, I recognize now that this is the demand for this is all over the country, but like you said, why do you want to be traipsing up and down the country? So I'm now working um, just with, um, in Birmingham. I've, I've got a, a business partner there that I'm working with where we're looking to um, me bring my knowledge there and I'm, I'm present for the agreements and so on and qualifying the tenant buyers and really assessing the deal, make sure it works. Hmm. And she's my boots on the ground. And um, so she can meet them. She can, um, you've always go and meet them in their own home if you can, um, because you can see how they live already, um, verify the ID, go and view properties. I can't do that. And more to the point, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Sorry, Ian Marshall says, the real question is how much are you teaching Kevin right now? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's a no, team it's, game. It's a team game. Yep. Um, yeah, so I'm working with her. So my idea being is that, you know, I can help more people, help more tenant buyers out there that want to find properties um, and also helping more landlords as well. So I'm working with um, one tenant buyer who's um, he's, he's got a, he's, his business. He's got a few people who said, he'd love to hear about this as well. They want to get on the housing ladder. Would you run a webinar or something? Now, I don't want to ever be, famous last words, sort of running – um, sort of massive scale operations, but you know, a webinar for a select number of investors just to do the um, the FAQs. How does this work? What are the benefits for you? That's a really good filtering um, process for me um, because then I can just get them on a call. But those that have heard enough and not ready, or it's not for them, I don't have to spend time on the phone mm. to them afterwards. And doing the same for tenant buyers as well. Um. Dan said, what other nominee down strategies do you do? So is it just, are you mainly focused on nominee down? Do you do any of the other strategies? Because um, obviously you mentioned Chris as well. So what's Chris up yeah, to? Yeah, um, yep. So what else do you do? Yeah. So, um, okay. So Chris is, um, I'm, I, my role was up in the Northeast building the portfolio up there, which then became tenant buyers, which has become my niche. Um, Chris is, because uh, well, he used to run the resi department, he's got a lot of um, experience, particularly planning experience, development experience. So he does a lot of consultancy for um, investors, um, landowners, but also he runs a sourcing business as well. Again, it's a little bit of a boutique bespoke thing. It's a little bit, if you're in his black book, then he'll find you something. Um, we've never really gone at it in the way that um, you can and the way progressive teaches um, because um, it works um, in, and we haven't needed to. Um, yes, we, we probably should be a little bit more professional about it than just keeping it all in a Rolodex and so on. But so he's doing his sourcing. Those deals though, um, I, I, whilst you're sourcing them for the investors, I'm saying, come on, Chris, come on, why aren't we doing that one? Mm. So it's, um, yeah, we're, we're on the lookout to go shopping ourselves with our SAS pension. Um, and also, um, we, we've got angels uh, wanting to work with us, also JV partners as well for that purpose. So we've got good access to the BMV deals in London, the southeast, and sort of like the lower half of the country. So it's maybe taking some of those on ourselves. Also, um, a bit of a, a curveball project as well. That um, we Chris is working with um, a retiring care home operator um, who's got a care home in Surrey. And this has been a long process because you don't enter into these things lightly, mm. but to um, repurpose it as a children's residential home. Um, it's a, a project that's very close to our hearts. Um, having had four children and believing we've done the right thing with them, we now want the opportunity to get it right for somebody else. <laughs> so our children are now applying to come to that residential home because we have great plans for it. It's, yeah, it's amazing. But these things take time. It's, it's a potentially, it's a, a wonderful business model, especially if you have property knowledge. 
Um, but you need to combine that with obviously all the legislation. It's a completely different um, area. So um, Chris is working with people who are specialists in, in, in that area and bringing together the property, the finance and the um, operators. And they're going through with their Ofsted application at the moment. And boy, it's tough. It is not for the faint-hearted. Mm. 18 so months minimum. P Peter's just asked a question, which I'll, I'll, we can both answer, is um, if you've got a property through an angel investor, how does that work for returning their investment? So, a Peter, if, if you imagine that a joint venture partner lends you, you, you money or both of you money, so Mr. X lends you and Mr. X 100 grand to buy a property. That property, they, you've got to maybe buy, refurbish, refinance, or just buy and try and refinance. They leave money in. You rent it out and it takes years maybe to get that money back out because you're holding the property long term. With a tenant buyer strategy, the angel investor puts in the money. So it might just be the deposit money or it could mm -hmm. be the full purchase price, but would refinance to get 75% back or, or more than 75% back if there's a refurb. But the mm -hmm. tenant buyer, let's say the angel investor puts in the 25% deposit. So you find the property, you get you and the tenant, you and the investor get a 75% mortgage. The investor puts the 25% in. You buy the house, maybe you've got a 75 grand house on the market, you negotiate to buy it for 67. That's not difficult, buy a 75 mm. grand house for 67. You put a tenant buyer in to buy it back off you in the future for an increased price, so you buy it at 75, so they buy it back maybe for 80. So at 67 is what you paid, the tenant buyer buys it back at 80 in five years time, which is only five grand more than today's value. That's a 13 grand difference in price immediately. So your investor has locked in 13 grand there. So they put the money in, that 13 grand, you might decide to split 50-50 with the angel investor, seven and a half each, that's 15, six and a half each, that's 13, six and a half each, maths, it's late at night. But also you might just give the angel investor an interest rate, like 10%, 5%, whatever it may be. Secondly is because you bought it at 67 grand and you took a 25% deposit put in, your mortgage is only going to be about 45 grand. The, the rental income could be 500 quid a month. The interest payment on a 45 grand mortgage might be 150 a month. So you're making 350 every month on the cash flow. So 350 a month on the cash flow, right, with no voids, no maintenance, no management fees, times on a five-year contract, 350 a month times 60 months is another 21 grand. So you're making 13 on the uplift, and 21 grand from the cash flow with no voids, no maintenance, no hassle. Only bill is your buildings insurance and your mortgage. That is a 21 grand plus a 13 grand uplift. Really easy deal, 34 grand profit, mm -hmm. Peter. Phenomenal, phenomenal strategy, and I do not understand why more people aren't doing it. Tenant buyers mm -hmm. is going to, is, I've been banging on about it for three years. It's the next big thing. It's already here, but many people are missing out on the opportunity because they don't know how, mm -hmm. they haven't learned how, they don't understand the intricacies. So Yvette spoke about earlier about the, the, the detail and some of the technicalities and stuff. That's what we teach you on the No Money Down training, the technical process to go through how mm -hmm. to get the deal. But a lot of it is actually just up here in your head about whether you can. And you can mm. find the deal. Get the tenant buyer to find the deal. You find your customer before you ever find the property. Yeah. You can't find a tenant, then go find a property. But you can find a tenant buyer, then go find a property. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal strategy with so many benefits. Huge benefits. Mm. Um, Yvette, top three tips. So we've been on for an hour. It feels oh. like 15 minutes. So, oh, gosh. So top three tips that you give people um, in general about property, whatever it may be. Um, what, do you, what would they be? Oh gosh, there could be hundreds. I know you have. What's the okay. top three tips for people before we go? Top three tips. If you try and find anything about rent to own anywhere else, you're not going to find anything of much use out there available in the public realm. Read Kevin's um, book. Yeah, so read Kevin's book. Um, I can't remember what your book was called, Kevin. What was it called? No Money Down Property Investing. <laughs> I just knew it's orange. It's orange. So read the rent to own chapter in there. Um, that will educate you with the principles and how to go about it. Number two, you're going to need, really, for this to work, you're going to need a funnel of um, suitable properties and a funnel yeah. of tenant buyers. So um, tip number two, you need your funnels of um, possible properties where it could work, especially if you're not going to buy them, um, and you're going to need um, um, tenant buyers. So go on to Rightmove um, and look for properties that are on the market to rent and to, sale, to sell. 
concurrently. That shows that there's a vendor or a landlord who needs your help. This would be a perfect opportunity because you've got a landlord that wants to sell, but also prepared to rent. So it's the perfect avatar. Um, that, and then that's part of that um, tip. Number two um, is go and post an ad which will on Gumtree that will attract tenant buyers. And it can be a property that you own because they will not want your property. They will want another property. So put an ad on there and say rent to buy available. Get the phone ringing and just have lots of conversations with tenant buyers and understanding what it is they want. Um, because if you can get lots of those under your belt, um, you will build your confidence and you'll, you'll really understand what it is you're, you're delivering. That's awesome. Guys, I hope you enjoyed tonight's McDonald, midweek McDonald. Um, no money down TV, whatever you want to call it. Um, Yvette Mallinton, you've been absolutely superb. You've been amazing. Thank Great you. to catch up with you again. And, um, Thank you for the opportunity. I look forward to seeing you back at the Mastermind yes, as soon as we're please. back there. <laughs> See you all later, guys. Thank you, Yvette. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.